me fuel, give me fire, give me that which I desire. Hey everybody and welcome to episode 50 of Metallicast, the Metallica podcast. I am your host and fellow Metallica fan, my name is Brandon. On this episode I am joined by a member of the Metallicast Militia, Connor. You might remember him from the Beyond Magnetic episode, we did a deep dive of that EP, and now he is back to join me for another deep dive, which I'm really excited about. I've done a lot of interviews lately, and I think it is time to jump back in to the fire or into the deep dives. Anyways, on this episode, we are talking about cunning stunts. This is part one of two. If all goes as planned, you can expect part two next Monday. But this is part one. We go track by track through the first half of the set list and, of course, go off on tangents along the way from things as diverse as Black Sabbath and Shia LaBeouf, of all things. So I hope you enjoy the episode. Here is my talk with Connor about cutting stunts. I am joined once again by a member of the Metallica Asmodee Show. He has been on previously, back in August, if memory serves me correctly. Uh, was that we, really August? I think it was August. It feels... Jeez. Yeah, which was a while ago, but it feels longer ago, mm. right? No, I think it's just because of 2020, because we've been stuck in the house all the time. Good night, dude. Yeah, as you can tell... It is my friend from Scotland, in Glasgow, I believe. Is it Glasgow? Yes, Glasgow. Yes, yeah. yes. Uh, you say it much cooler than my dumb American accent. Welcome <laughs> to Metallicast once again, Connor. Thanks for having me again, man. It was a pleasure to be here again. Oh, pleasure to have you, man. Last time you were on, we talked about Beyond Magnetic and mm-hmm. uh, got a lot of great feedback about it. I've been doing... Uh, yeah. I've been doing a lot of interviews lately, so I'm excited to kind of uh, get back to my roots, so to speak, and do a, a Metallica deep dive with you. Yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking, deep dive. Yeah, and it, I, I think we're going to go so, so deep that oh, yeah. uh, the thought process right now is to do this in two parts. So you are yeah. listening right now to part one, and uh, part two uh, we'll be coming at you hopefully next week if all goes as planned. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, you, you made the excellent point, Connor, that we managed to talk about a four-song EP for about 90 <laughs> minutes. So it might be in our best interest to talk about a two-and-a-half-hour concert in two parts. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Like, literally, you should see my notes. Literally, it's like an article. Like everyone, like my girlfriend's like, why do you not do bullet points? And I was like, because I prefer to explain like each song in my own head, and then each, like, I can do a point from that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so so before we jump into the setlist itself and kind of go track by track, what mm-hmm. is your history with cutting stunts? Because I know you're younger than I am, um, yeah. so you definitely got to this concert 
later than I did. So what is your history okay. with this show? Um, I, I couldn't really remember. The, it was probably about 2009, maybe. 2008, roughly. Um, I was roughly about eight or nine. Yeah. Me and my dad were in a shopping mall. It was quite late at night, and my dad's like, like, oh, Metallica cunning stunts. I've not seen this. And also me and my dad being my big Metallica fans, we're like, we'll get this and watch this tonight. So he stuck on the DVD player when we got home. And uh, my first memories of it is So What? And obviously So What being like a, a vulgar, you know, sure, yeah. aggressive song, like fuck the queen or that. Like yeah. my dad had to my dad had to close my ears. Like he's like, you do you can't listen to this. That is that is the big memory I can remember from it. Yeah. So it's 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 ingrained in my head. Like yeah. that just how, I was standing in front of my dad's like, nope, you can't listen to this. Nope, <laughs> it's a for you. I have a similar story, which is funny. So mm -hmm. I was in middle school at the time, probably, I think this came out in 1998. So I'm not sure exactly yeah. what grade I was in, but I was in middle school. And yeah. I wanted this for Christmas. And yeah. my mother uh, bought it for me, but mm -hmm. she... I guess I when I opened it on Christmas, you know, it was wrapped in yeah. wrapping paper, obviously. I opened it up, and mm -hmm. there's, like, no plastic or anything around it. Apparently, she had yeah. opened it to preview it to make sure it oh. was um, appropriate, <laughs> which is hilarious because the first yeah. song is so what? So she made a comment. She goes, I'm not sure about that first song. She's like, but the rest of it seems fine. I was like, what? <laughs> like, I mean, like literally. Like, how, I, why are you trying to be a strict parent? And then when you hear so fucking what, you're yeah. like, oh, no, I think it's it's fine. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, like, if, you're, like, if you're previewing like, it for like <laughs> to see if it's appropriate for your child. And that song makes a cut. I think the rest of it's fine. No, you know, exactly. To be fair, like. So what is like the probably the most vulgar song on the whole set list. Like just for the oh, yeah. to be fair, it's not their song. I've heard people on Twitter yeah. complain like, "Oh, so what is like a like a horrible Metallica song?" I'm like, Sh like sharp. It's not their song. They just love the like that version of the song. They're like, sure. so that's why they covered it. Yeah, but like for the whole out, like for the whole fucking concert. Excuse my language. Um, James swears quite a lot. Like he like. I think it's in yeah. like King Nothing. He swears. Uh, is it uh, what else he swears? Like a lot of songs he swears in. Like, and it's just James's repertoire during that time because he was also sure. Yeah, he's, he's, he's playing with the crowd at the same time, sort of thing. Yeah. Well, well we have like I... we have like two James Hetfields, right? We have yeah the modern day one, which is uh, a bit more family friendly at times, at mm -hmm. least in the live setting, which is yeah. great because you know. It, I think mm -hmm. it appeals to all generations and he's older. Yeah. He has kids of his own. It makes sense for him to not I mean, be on stage as a, a married father in his fifties. Be like, show me your fucking tilts. You know, I know, like, exactly. <laughs> like, I mean, when I was, when I first got in Metallica, I was about eight years old, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Right. So like, it's, it's appropriate for him not to like be like that, but of course it, it still comes out sure. like yeah. in like sort of studio settings. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But, and I get what you're meaning. Like you have like sort of two Metallica set, like sort of two James Hetfield settings. I think mm -hmm. there's three. I think there's from uh, Kill 'Em All to Justice, which is more oh, aggressive. Yeah. Oh yeah. And then there's sure. the Load Reload era, and then it's yeah. now. 
Yeah, I mean, that's a good point, too. I mean, you can divide it up mm-hmm. kind of by the eras of the albums, too. But yeah. def- but during the load era where when this concert is taking place, he definitely still has the, like that piss and vinegar. Uh, yeah. Not that he doesn't now, but you know, there's there's less. There's still dad jokes, but there's less dad yeah. jokes and more fox being said. <laughs> no, exactly. I think. Well, I, I mean, much. I've just finished watching the live set. Like I've not even finished it because obviously we're doing yeah. two parts. Um. Like I've just like finished watching it there, and I'm still sitting there like he's still full of anger and like aggression, where yeah. he just doesn't give a fuck, like yeah, what yeah. everyone thinks of him. And I, I, I and I feel kind of, I feel like that's kind of a test to his problem with alcohol because that's why it was like most of alcohol, to be honest. Yeah, it could definitely but, be a yeah. little bit fueled by that. I think, I think you know, not that he was playing the shows intoxicated. Um, no, of course not. But. I do think, you know, they talk about, uh, they they have talked about, he has talked about how mm-hmm. he has sort of put up this guard, right? He had to play like the role of yeah. James Hetfield, the front man and of Metallica, yeah. and the big mighty hat, you know? And so I, I think yeah. a lot of it is just sort of a mass that he pulled up as like super macho, super tough guy, super yeah. metal, um, which is a little bit ironic because during the load era, they were not supposed to be metal anymore. <laughs> not if, you exactly. ask, if you ask the hardcore 80s metalheads right so but um but you know i i will always have a soft spot in my heart for load air metallica and for this concert because you know as i just said this was a christmas present when i was in middle Mm -hmm. school so this brings me back to my childhood and i think it's appropriate that we're doing it in december with christmas approaching because i'm coming up on a on an anniversary here i won't say what number anniversary because mm-hmm. I'll feel really fucking old, but it, it... <laughs> I mean, I, I was going to make a comment about the Christmas. I was like, it was a deep, was the video, was the, was the present you got was a VHS. Oh yeah, I had I, so I I had the VHS. I never owned the DVD. Um, I'm not sure if it came out on Blu-ray. I've never owned the Blu-ray, and I no longer have the VHS because I, I, mm. you know, when I, at some point, I got rid of all my VHS tapes. The only ones I still yeah. have are the three that come in the live ship bench and purge box set that I got back oh, in the day. Okay. So I saved the box set, but so those are uh-huh. the only VHS I still have. So I have no way to play them. So, mm-hmm. and I never rebought it on DVD down the road. Uh, yeah. I just, it, so it, it was interesting because I, I, when I rewatched it for this episode, it uh-huh. was the first time I had seen it in years. I watched it on yeah. YouTube uh, it was the first time I'd seen it in years, and uh, it, it definitely brought me back to like being in my bedroom, uh, mm-hmm. watching the VHS, and just studying, which is definitely something I'm going to get into uh, a little bit later when we talk about the the little bass doodle that comes up. Uh, yeah. But because uh, uh, as a basis, I, I, I just studied that. But I'll talk more about that when we get to it because I don't want to yeah. jump the gun too much. But yeah, it, it definitely <laughs> it definitely flat. It was definitely a flashback for me to Yo, exactly to that era. for me. Like I mean, before the like when I was um, doing notes for the show, I, my dad texted me uh, like asking for if I found like if I had his Warhammer book. Yeah, you know, because he's a he's a big reader, right? And I was like. Uh, no, I, I didn't take any books apart from my comics and some other stuff up here, apart from my guitar. And he's like, okay, I'll check the loft in, which is uh, the attic for you. Um, so he checks the attic, and I was talking about how I'm, I'm coming back on this show. 
He's like, oh, you talk about cunning stunts, blah, 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 because I mentioned it to him. Yeah, yeah. And he's like, oh, I found it in, the, I found it in your box up the stairs, the DVD. And I was like, no way. <laughs> like, I, that's mental. Because that's like, that DVD is what, 12 years old or something like that now? It's, I, I'm, like pretty that, sure, yeah. I'm pretty sure it works perfectly. It, it's got to be... Uh, no, it's, it's older than that, dude. It's, no, it's definitely it, it's older 1998. Than that. It's like over 20 years old now dude yeah that's what i was being like um that's when we bought it about 12 years ago oh gotcha so so you're just saying that to make me feel older (laughs) no you You bought it 12 years ago i got it 10 years before that (laughs) god i'm old bear bear in mind bear in mind as a a timeless piece though it's a timeless piece so timeless piece (laughs) <laughs> bear in mind, I, bear in mind. I do feel old myself. I'm only 21. I still feel old Don't, watching all that stuff. No, you cannot feel old when you're 21. I wish. I mean, I'm I'm I, I'm not old. I'm I, I'm old. No, of course not. But I'm I, I I'm old enough to wish I was 21 every day. <laughs> <laughs> Trust me, do not be you don't be 21 in my state, man. I've got bad knees. <laughs> <laughs> so. Let's give a, a a little bit of background. This so this was uh-huh. filmed in Fort Worth, Texas, on the Poor Touring Me Tour. Came out in 1998, but it was, you know, filmed on the Load Tour. Uh, Reload seven recorded. Yeah, and, and Reload had not even been released yet, which uh-huh. is something we'll get to as well in this first part uh-huh. because of uh, they preview a song that is now a classic, yeah. but it appears in oh, a slightly different form here. Could, can I interject? Of the... course. They um, jam one song, which is on Reload, and the previous song. Yes, yes, yes. Excellent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the in, I according to Metallica.com, and you'll have to <laughs> my my VHS, if I recall, had the concert and nothing else. I could be wrong, but mm-hmm. I rec- I believe it had the concert and nothing else. But this says, yeah. uh, filmed in Fort Worth, Texas, as the Poor Tory Me Tour wound down. Cutting stunts captures over 140 minutes of concert footage band interviews documentaries and behind the scenes footage that must be all dvd stuff also included this is definitely a dvd thing also included Mm -hmm. a viewer controlled choice of camera angle for three songs (laughs) oh no i remember that i do remember that i I, I cannot remember the song it was though it was the is listed here bitch well Mm -hmm. it it shortens it which i love it just says bitch Bitch. bells (laughs) with a z as james would write it and rome yeah so those three songs I mean, I was. I remember I was because um, the YouTube video that we that I sent you. Um, I don't know if it was the video you watched, but uh, I'm pretty sure we watched the same video because it's the most. It's the first one you look. It comes up. Yeah. Um, it didn't have the set list in the description. Yeah. So I went on Wikipedia to check the set list, and it did say multiple angles hmm. on like, the song that said multiple angles. The yeah, ones yeah, got yeah. multiple angles. So I'm. I, I vaguely remember it. I vaguely, in my in my youngish brain, vaguely remember it. Yeah. It also apparently features a photo gallery with almost 1,000 photos from just about every stop on the tour. So they hmm. had a lot of extras there. My VHS had the concert, period. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll lend you a DVD. Yeah. <laughs> um, Directed by Wayne Isham, I believe is how you pronounce his last name, who's a famous director. He did, uh, uh, mm-hmm. a, I mean, he's done a bunch of music videos and a bunch of uh, live concert footage, including for Metallica, as well as many, yeah. many other bands. 
anything else to add about the background before we jump into the set list? Um, not to my knowledge, no. Yeah, I think we covered it. We're, we're already yeah. killing it, Connor. We're just like... Yeah, we're, exactly. We're, just, we're ready to crush this part one. We're, we're on point. We're on point. And uh, we already mentioned the the opening song here, right? We mentioned So What. And, and yeah. what I love about this concert is what that it does not start like your typical Metallica concert, right? No, it doesn't. Like we're used to the lights going down, mm-hmm. hearing the ecstasy of gold. It, it, nowadays, they'd yeah. play a long way to the top before that, right? So you know yeah. it's about to hit. And it, it's all this like suspense and all. But this is like a lot more casual. It's really cool how no, they did exactly. it. The lights are are on. They're on, yeah. yeah. And I think it's like I think it's like maybe the second, maybe like halfway through the second song, they cut lights. I think it's I think it's after so what. But going into sure Creeping I'm Death. Pre- I'm pretty sure it's half of Creeping Death, though. Like, I, I don't know if that's just my memory said me wrong, but I like I think I'm pretty sure it's for halfway through a second, like halfway through Creeping Death. But before we get into So What, if you don't yeah. mind me, can we talk about the Bad Seed Jam? Yeah, yeah, I was going to get there. So Oh, right, okay. So I'm, I'm bad, but I thought I was going straight in. So what? Yeah, no, no, no problem. So I, because I, I, they start with this. I was going to say, I love it because it starts casually, right? The arena lights are yeah. on. They walk out. And then they just start jamming, like just doing this yeah, loose jam. Exactly. And if you're in attendance tonight, you have no clue what they're jamming on. It just sounds mm-hmm. like a meaty Metallica riff, but you have no clue That's what that riff is. But, yeah. but, you know, in retrospect, mm-hmm. it's Bad Seed from Reload. No, exactly. See, like back in, like, what, 1997, like, um, like you just you think, oh, what's this? They're just, like, hitting a few chords and just like jamming together but like that like that whole structure of that song is there like the 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 sort of thing yeah you know that that whole that whole that, that's all there for bad seed and you can you can call it now like yeah, but that's that's bad seed but back then you'd probably be like what is what the jamming on but it sounds really good yeah right you know yeah and i and i wonder if and maybe somebody listening can confirm or deny, but I, I'm wondering if uh, everything during uh, the Metallica shows, especially through this era, were was very uh-huh. scripted. Um, this yeah. was before they started mixing up the set list and kind of getting more adventurous in the live setting. So I'm wondering if they were jamming on this every single night, or if they would mix it up, if they were, if they would play uh, other people's songs, if they were always. P- previewing stuff from reload like i I just i'm curious if that opening jam remained the same throughout poor touring me um because i i know i've seen like bootlegs here or there but i don't recall the the jam opening um yeah like they do here so if, if anybody listening can uh tell me what was up with that um i'm, I'm guessing that it was the same every night because it was so scripted yeah. during this time but it's an interesting footnote and it's an interesting uh choice i think that uh that no, they exactly. would choose that riff like were they just i maybe it was just fresh in their ears they were yeah. you know jamming out some new stuff and working it out and refining it and whatnot mm-hmm. so it was just if i can give my two cents to um absolutely i think i think it is pretty genius that they did bad seed to be honest like like I, I personally, I don't think Metallica did like that bad seed for the whole like the whole tour, right? I think they maybe just kind of dabbled in other stuff, like maybe a uh, like opened with so bought, 
or like oh like um jammed like a uh, a cover you know or yeah. something else but um for me i think bad seed is pretty genius because it's it's like it's a like gripping riff that then then it gets a crowd jumping yeah. you know uh, I it's a, it's a, it's a, it is a gripping riff and I remember I, I mean I, personally I forgot about the whole Bad Seed riff like Bad Seed Jam right, until I yeah. watched it maybe two years ago Yeah, yeah and then yeah. I watched it and like that is an absolute meaty guitar yeah. riff and so I like looked up the like what, what it was and it was Bad Seed Jam and now I'm a massive fan of Bad Seed <laughs> because of that because <laughs> of that jam you know I do think that's an underrated track off Reload oh, exactly exactly but that's my that's my two cents on it. Is I think it's I think it's pretty genius that they opened yeah. it up. You know, it's, it sets for me. It sets the whole mood for the whole gig. Yeah, it definitely in hearing the live setting. Definitely, I think it gives the riff an extra an extra layer in terms of heaviness, mm-hmm. right? Because yeah, it it just has that live crunch that uh, Metallica is yeah. famous for, and then they yeah. go. You know, they they segue from the jam right into so fucking what, which <laughs> that's about what I had to close my ears. I can't comment on this. <laughs> <laughs> which is the you know the arena lights are still up for the yeah. for the duration of the cover, and I it and it's just a fun way to start because it, it just feels mm-hmm. even though it's a scripted moment, it feels loose, yeah. it feels off the cuff, it feels like you're like the biggest band mm-hmm. in the world is just having a jam session in front of you. Still, exactly. even though they're playing through a song, it's it not being their song, it being a, a mm-hmm. short little punk cover. It just, yeah. it, 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 and what a rowdy start, right? I mean, no, if, no, exactly. if, if hearing so fucking what doesn't what? get your blood pumping and make you just want to, mm-hmm. like, bear in mind, this is before Garage, <laughs> this is before Garage, you know, like, not yes, many like yeah. Metallica fans heard yeah. that, you know. So, I, what I've wrote in my notes is like. So what? What more do you want? It's a vulgar thrash as usual. As usual. Yeah. You know, like what more do you want? Yeah, I mean it. It it's it was definitely a live staple. Uh, I'm not sure how many people had access to the studio recording uh, mm-hmm. during this time because, like you said, Garage Inc. was not out yet, and yeah. uh, uh, prior to that, you know, it was a B side for. Uh, so I'm sure the single might have not been in yeah. uh, heavy circulation at that time. I'm not sure, mm-hmm. but. It, but definitely was a live sequel right now. So it was definitely a fan favorite. Definitely got yeah. the crowd going. And then I have always really loved, uh, I mean, Creeping Death is a, a classic yeah. live song. It's a Metallica, classic song. But I've always really loved it near the front of the set list. Really? I'm more of a fan of it being sort of middle to end. I, I, I hear that. I think part of it is because like cunning stunts was one of my introductions yeah. to live Metallica. So I think, I think hearing it, they, they used uh-huh. to play it a lot, um, front up end. front, like during yeah. this era. So I think being in middle school during this time and kind of getting a lot of my first live experiences yeah. from watching videos and stuff during this era. Um, it, it was, uh, uh, you know, it, I always liked it as like kind of an opener, even though I don't think it's the most, um, obvious opener, but I always enjoyed it in that no. spot. And I'm actually going to look I it agree. up right now because I want to say, mm-hmm. I want to say that the first time I saw them, they played this 
as the first yeah. song. Um, really? I think so. So I'm going to just look mm-hmm. it up right now to confirm. Yes. Can I like tag on a tangent for a second? Yeah. It's nothing about the music, right? It is so stupid to point out. But um, you know how like James Hetfield's like famous cars the the Explorer, right? Yeah. The the fucking lightning bolt. Sure. Uh, I'm not I'm the the one he plays in this gig, I'm not a fan of. It's that that sort of fire look to it. Like that print on it, I'm the, not a fan. I'm not a fan the of black it. Black with like the orange flames. Yeah, I'm not a fan of it. Just of the like, design. Yeah, like I love. Like I'm a massive fan of the Explorer. Like, see yeah. the all white Explorer with no scratch plate. Like, yeah, it's just yeah, yeah. fuck. Like, love it. Love it. That's my favorite guitar of all time. But the flame logo, nah, it's, it's not my style to be honest. And I I had to point it out because I watched. I was like, it's just to, to be honest, it's it's dated. <laughs> Well, it's, it's a I like car, it, but I'm also dated. So, <laughs> <laughs> you fair, you fair, the guitar I like, the, my fair James Hetfield guitar is from the '80s, so, so. Which one you know, is it? The wait, the, the old way Explorer, the old way Explorer. Is that the Eat Fuck? Uh, I mean, I do love the Eat Fuck, but I'm, I'm a sucker for the old white with no writing on it. Oh, I right, just right, gave right, the Eat right. Fuck yeah, for yeah, an yeah. example. Yeah, but see, see, like, see if there was an Eat Fuck. Uh, on sale, I would buy up in an instant. Yeah. It is a, a beautiful guitar. It is a beautiful guitar. I like the mm-hmm. flame one though. I hear what you're saying. It, like yeah. it's kind of, flames are kind of overplayed. I had a, a. I remember during this era, I had a long sleeve. You like this? I had a long sleeve Metallica mm-hmm. shirt with flames okay. up the sleeves. That is pretty bad. Does it make you run? Does it make you walk faster? It, 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 I was, I was just on fire the whole day. Yeah, it was, yeah. I mean, I mean, it's pretty, it's a pretty fire yeah. top, to be honest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was rocking it out. Well, um, I was, I was gonna make a joke about the fucking, the, the flame guitar. Does it make James play faster because of the flames? <laughs> I think so. I, I think mean, so. I mean, I mean, it's a bad joke, but James plays pretty fast in this concert, so yeah, it's definitely sped up. I, yeah. I can confirm, by the way, too. I, I, I saw them for the first time. Summer Sanitarium 2000. Um, so I caught Jason live with them right before he left the band. Yeah. And they did open up with Creeping Death. So I was, my memory did serve me correctly there. So I think that's I why I always amazing. like it up front. Like I, I yeah. but between this being, I'm trying to think if I had this or live shit first. I don't remember. But I, I, mm-hmm. I, but between, but this was definitely like my second video experience i feel actually maybe i had cliff yeah. mall first i don't remember cliff I... Mall would be like, hang on, how can you top cliff mall though like, i know that's well, the thing well the thing is too it's like cliff mall's amazing because of cliff burden like, um, not and, exactly. and, 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 and and there's only so much video footage of them from that era like it's really mm-hmm. what we have it's back limited. then is limited exactly um mm-hmm. but but it is nice seeing like a professionally mm-hmm. shot uh, video like we get with live shit, or we get here with cutting yeah. stunts, um, and then or even or even um Seattle eight nine, right? Yeah, yeah. Know? Well, that's part of live shit. Is that actually? I mean, yeah, I, I don't, yeah. I've so never, have, I've, I've never seen live shit. Yeah, so there is, uh, you get three CDs and then mm-hmm. uh three VHS, but two of the VHS are from one show, and then one VHS uh, is Seattle eighty nine. Yeah, I've only seen Seattle eight nine on YouTube. I've never actually owned uh, Seattle. Uh, was it was it eighty three? Was it? Um, 
I think it was. I think the other one was Mexico City. Mexico City. That's not my bad. Uh, and I think it was ninety three. Might have been ninety three. Yeah, it might have been ninety three. Yeah. I think it was ninety three. I was right about the date, but not but the say. But um, yeah, I've never owned on like DVD or anything. I've never seen any live. I think I've seen some songs from it, but um, my my always go to is Seattle because just yeah. how angry Metallica is. I mean, is. those will definitely be separate deep dives i'll do because seattle 89 is just a legendary show that needs to be documented on this podcast it does like i mean that's my favorite metallic show of all time yeah i guess i think that's at their peak i mean it's just it it, they're just super fast super tight Mm -hmm. super angry it's a very unique time in the band and it's funny because you fast forward a few years into the mexico city show and you have uh a band that's still on fire, but a completely different band, right? Cause now they're, yeah. now they are becoming the biggest band in the world. And the shows are, they did the, uh, an evening with Metallica. It was like three mm-hmm. hours. There was no opening act. So they show like a documentary yeah. and then they come out, they play for like three hours and it's just like pure, it, it's Metallica at their most arena rock. I feel like, you know, with like, yeah, with like guitar solos, drum solos, dueling drum solos mm-hmm. with Lars and James. It's just like it, it for them. It's like so over the top, but it's, yeah. and, but it's amazing to capture it, you know, and, and to go back. Think- and it's funny to, you know, hear the new songs like Inter Sandman and Sam Patrol. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree. Yeah. Know. Yeah. I mean, like, for me, like nothing can kind of top Seattle. Like nothing comes close to it because of just how, like how the band kind of just went about itself. Like they just they just didn't give a fuck what anyone else thought. They just went there to oh, play sure, yeah. their songs or cover songs sure. and just have fun, you know. And you can see that in the whole show. And I kind of in cunning stunts, I can I can kind of see that in the the sort of show, but it's slightly scripted at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this is definitely, um, I think at this point, they had become such a well-oiled machine Mm -hmm. and such uh, a brand. And I'm not saying this in a bad way at all, but but the shows had become so big that I think you almost had to um, script them more in a way. Yeah, I mean, they're playing for worth. They're playing for worth. Come on. (laughs) Right, exactly. Exactly. Um, so then after Creeping Death, we get, uh, you know, speaking of Mexico City 93 in the Black Album mm-hmm. Tour, we get Sad But True, um, right. which is pretty standard fare. I really don't have yeah. much to add about this song. Do you? Um, in this specific I, performance? I, 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 would say, I would say, even though I'm not like the biggest Sad But True fan, the band, the band played it really well. Like James is like screaming in the mic, Kurt's wah wah solo, and like James yeah. is getting the crowd going. Jason Jason's getting the crowd going, you know. Like, yeah. What, what more? What more can you add? I'm kind of at a point right with the Black Album where, um, I love that album. It was the first oh, Metallica I album I ever owned. I mm-hmm. will, it, I will, will it, it ranks in my top three, maybe my top two. Um, mm-hmm. But, um, and I say this as somebody who, like, when I go see them live and I'm there in person, I love hearing mm-hmm. Sabbath True. I love hearing same. Rome. I love hearing Unforgiven. I even love hearing Nothing Else Matters than Salmon, even though they're so yeah. overplayed. But when exactly. it comes time to like sit on my sofa and mm-hmm. watch a concert from the cover of my own home, I can kind mm-hmm. of do without the Black Album hits. 
Uh, no, I'm the same. Yeah. So like when Sabatru comes out, it's a great performance. But I, I mean, what, what are you going to add? It's a classic song. Yeah. It sounds great. It they killed it. But it, I don't have a. There's nothing else I can add about that song. And it, and for me, it is just sort of like mm-hmm. like. Yeah, you know, we've all we've yeah. we've all have experienced this. Yeah, what I'll say is in my notes, uh, I say I say to be fair, it's to be expected, like because yeah. of, like the sound, sure, it's to be expected because it's so good. Yeah, to be expected since it is one of the big singles from the Black Album. Yeah, exactly. Basically, basically what you said, because it's from the Black Album and it's a big single, so it's it's in the repertoire. Right, and I'm not. You know, and, and that's why it makes perfect sense for it to be included here, right? And yeah, I'm, cool. I'm not knocking its inclusion. I'm not saying I dislike the song. I, when If I was at this concert, I would be going nuts screaming, hey, oh, and every, and I, I love this song. But just for me as a viewer mm-hmm. at home, sitting on my sofa, like I, the, the things that are like the more interesting parts of the set list are not mm-hmm. when they play Sabatru and nothing else matters yeah. and it's just salmon. Like I, and actually – one of the more mm-hmm. interesting parts for me in retrospect is the three songs that follow. One of the songs, uh, King Nothing, which is one of the three songs next. Yeah. Uh, I say something similar, which I say, I say, um, it's not one of their best singles, but I still jam to it. Yeah. You know, yeah, it's something similar to you said, and I, I totally agree with what you said, but it's, it's similar. I mean, I, I I love the song personally. And I, I love the song personally as well, but yeah. it's, I think for me, it kind of it's it's a it tries to catch the magic of Understand Man. It's got the same sort of chord progression, and all that. Sure, sure. I was gonna say it's definitely the most, arguably the most Black Album sounding song yeah. on Load, and and I but I think the band references that too. Like the band recognized that. I mean, at the end of King Nothing. On the mm-hmm. in the studio recording, he goes off to never, never yeah. land. At the like, you know, they they do yeah. reference it um, mm-hmm. as sort of uh, it's almost like an homage in a weird way of what came before uh, from a musical standpoint. Yeah. Even though it was just one album before and was their biggest song, but I definitely get what you're saying. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say, I will say, fucking that's good my language, by the way. Sorry. Um, I will you say, can like, say fuck all you want. It's okay. Uh, Fuck shit, cunt. Uh, <laughs> <There you laughs> um, I'll say like King Nothing, like it's a good song, like it's heavy and all that. Like they make it their own, but like even though you say like it's got their own repertoire, like their own like it hints to Black Album. Yeah, it's on its own as a, as a load song. It is on its own, like as a like not saying it's like it's on its own, like it's shite. By the way, it's like it's, it's it stands on its own as a load song. Yeah. Like Hero Day or like uh, Until It Sleeps, like as a singles. But I think Hero Day or Until It Sleeps are better singles. Yeah, I mean, in, I th- my, in my opinion, I think that they're more. I think they're all good singles. I think, yeah. I think Until it Sleeps and Hero of the Day are more interesting because they're a little bit outside the typical Metallica box. Where King Nothing is like kind of fits very comfortably in the Metallica box. So I think they're more interesting listens in that way. But I, yeah. I loved, I mean, it's funny, you know, when Cunning Stunts came out, obviously these songs were fairly new and they were touring behind this album. So it makes sense for them to play a bunch of these songs. It's the same thing if you got a World Wired uh, Blu-ray and they're playing, you know, Halo on Fire and Hardwired and Atlas Rise and all these songs. But, but so many of these low tracks, like I said before, 
have fallen by the live wayside and they're barely performed now. So it was going back, you know, and hearing, even though it was not, um, even though it was not like really fresh and cool at the time, maybe because it was just their latest songs going back to, it, it was so refreshing to hear ain't my bitch in here of the day and King nothing live. Like I miss these songs live. I know a lot of Metallica fans do. And, uh, you know, we got, I, I'm hoping the band realizes that, you know, they, they pulled the outlaw torn back out for S and M two. We got uh wasting my hate at the, which was a nice surprise at, um, uh, the last helping hand show just like a month ago. Um, but it was so nice going back and hearing these songs live again. And yeah. you just have boom, 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 three in a row right here after Sad But True, right? Which maybe for some people in attendance at the time was like, oh, my God, they're playing another new song. Oh, my God, they're playing another track off load. But now, you know, 20-something years later, I'm like, can you just go through and play the rest of the album? <laughs> can I, like, like, say what I like, think like, with my notes? Like, um, yeah, absolutely. I'm just I jump in. Um, like, what I say is, like, Metallica plays some songs off Load Next. I'm heavily biased of the album, of course, because it's a fantastic album. Yeah. I under- understood the hate the album got, but I seriously think it's undeserved. Um, totally agree. Obviously, yeah, because, like, I understand why the hate they got, because obviously they come from, like, Justice, because Black Elm got hate as well from like Thrash fans. I mean, they've been getting heat since Ride the Lightning with Fade to Black. Oh, you yeah, know? exactly. So like, I understand like Black Elm hate and then like the Load hate, but like I will say like Load is one of my favorite albums of all time. Yeah, like it's it's definitely up there. Like it may not be like in your face, fuck you, Thrash. Like I just don't give a fuck. But like it's it's got a lot of slow moments and. That's kind of what makes an album, because you yeah. need a lot of slow points in an album. It can't, like, for example, it's like, it's like Master of Puppets versus Rain and Blood, like, yeah, and right. like Rain and Blood, Rain and Blood just in your face, like, fuck you, I don't give a fuck about you, get fucked, Nazis, not that, mm-hmm. right, in your death, yeah, and then you've got Master of Puppets, which slows it down, yeah, Elf Thrash. You know, so a slow. A, if you have slow points down, it makes an album right bigger. Yeah, I, 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 I mean, personally, I like variety on my albums. Where oh. you know, it has its peaks, it has its valleys, it has its heavy parts, its fast parts, its slow parts, its softer parts. I and and that's part of the appeal for Metallica to me too. Like I, I love death metal albums that just go 140 miles per hour yeah. and are the whole time. You know, but. You want to start with death metal band, I? I, I, hey, I, 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 I've been in death metal bands. Ooh. I mean, I, I mean, I've only been in hard rock bands, so. Um, but, yeah, but, I, I'm all for that. I love that stuff. But yeah. at some point, you need something to balance it out. But when I listen exactly. to Metallica, I don't need like a palate cleanser. I can just listen to Metallica because they mm-hmm. kind of, because they have such a variety of stuff, and I think that's. Yeah what you know i'll agree with you i love load i i love the load reload era i Mm -hmm. i think i have a softer part spot in my heart for it because same as because just like i said at the start i was in middle school this was like my childhood metallica um and 
I was like the perfect age to experience these albums when I was just getting into music. When I first, I mean, the Black One was the first Metallica mm-hmm. I ever owned, but Load was the first CD I owned. I got my CD player, yeah. I got Load, and uh, you know, it was after that that I went back and checked out the the first albums, but. I had the Black Album Load before anything else, so of course I love Load. Like that's, it, I have such right. a soft spot in my heart, but I, I think it's such an underrated album. I think the songs yeah. are, for the most part, really high quality. I think, yeah. I think it has some of their best songs ever. If I'm being honest, like Bleeding Me, yeah, I think oh, it's one of their best songs yeah. ever. But I, I do that's... think this. I think, I think that you know, it received such a backlash, obviously, because it was so different. The image was so different. The album cover was so different. The sound was uh-huh. different. And I think there was a, this fear that yeah. this was like trying to that this was going to be Metallica from here on out. Like they're gonna I mean, they're gonna die this mainstream rock band and with yeah. But it's funny now that things have sort of come full circle and they're yeah. they've kind of have revisited their their roots in a lot of ways. And this exactly. is you you can look back in this area and be like, it's it was just another thing that they did it wasn't the future it was just then it was just a couple albums new look new sounds and they moved on and did something different again you know it and then and now you either like it you don't like it maybe you it's but i think the albums have i think that both albums load reload but especially load have aged really well in my opinion exactly like for me like road like as you said road load and reload are like one of the best albums, like that, that sound, they're, they're totally different. They're blues, hard rock, slash sort yeah. of heavy metal. It's a wee tiny bit of thrash in it. Yeah. Like you don't need to be thrash all the time. It's the same, it's the same thing with like, uh, I'm going to like totally talk about a different band, but like Primal Scream. You ever heard of them? Yes. Yeah, Primal Scream. How like their big breakthrough was a dance album, like a like your psychedelic dance album. Yeah. Right. And then their next album was a blues country rock right. album. No one knows it. So you're like, <laughs> so like everyone's like, like this dance album. Like, oh, I love Primal Scream. But like, but have you listened to any other stuff? Like, right. and they say yeah. no. You're like, but you haven't really listened to Primal Scream because that's not Primal Scream. Because Primal sure. Scream's all sorts of different things. Because Primal Scream goes to different, like, from like indie to like noise rock to psychedelic to not um, electronic to blues all sorts of shit yeah. and it's sort of same sort of same with metallica it's like they went from like thrash to hard rock to heavy rock to heavy metal to like sort of like sort of like new metal with an anger to back to thrash mm-hmm. you know it's it's they're absolutely phenomenal with like if a band can like sort of change genres and like stick to it mm-hmm. then that's i think they're pretty pretty class with it. well you know what's great i think about metallica is that they have, like you said, all these different eras and they have all these uh-huh. different sounds, but it always sounds like Metallica. You always know yeah. it's James Hatfield's on vocals. You always know it's James and Kirk on guitar and Lars on drums. And, uh, you know, I think the, the, the bass players bring a different flavor, but they always yeah. kind of have that underlying thick, meaty bass sound uh to yeah. kind of hold down that metallica crunch like they have such a signature sound that no matter whether they're doing you know a bob seeger cover or they're doing <laughs> uh you know playing frantic 
or they're playing mm -hmm. uh, Atlas Rise or they're playing Battery, you yeah. know each time that it's Metallica. It's just, they just have that, that that unique sound where if, uh, like, it doesn't even matter if it's a Metallica fan. Like if, um, I don't know, like maybe like a, what would you call it? Like, it's not a single, but a cover single. Like what would like what would that if there's any singles from like Garage Inc? Yeah. What, what would it be like? Turn the page. Like yeah, if any like sort of rock, like rock, rock, like a rock fan would know that's Metallica, because sure. Metallica, right? Yeah. Like I remember I showed uh, my one of my friends, uh, one of my girlfriend's best friends, right? He loved the Leonard Skinner version. No, no, Leonard Skinner. Two she's gone. Yeah. Uh, Leonard Skinner. Yeah. And I was like, you ever heard the Metallica version? He's like, no, I've never listened to it. So I showed him it. He's like, ah, it's it's, it's totally different yeah but it still it captures the same essence sure yeah you know it's well and think of all the cover songs that metallica have done that have become mm -hmm. almost like their own song like how yeah i mean and like the diamond head covers by metallica are more famous mm -hmm. than the diamond head versions. Diamond head. like i mean that's how i got a diamond head to be honest. Yeah, of course. That's how everybody got into Diamond Head pretty much other than Lars Ulrich. <laughs> like yeah, exactly. they were such an obscure, small band, but now they've become legends. And mm -hmm. a, a part of it is because all these bands were, uh, during the thrash era, were name dropping them yeah. as influences. But guess who was the only band that actually covered them? Metallica. And they've yeah. done it multiple times. And when people like Am I Evil is a classic now. Exactly. Helpless like, is what? a classic. Uh, exactly. It, it, like it's just it, it's it it's just so uh, they've just done so many good things for their influences yeah. in that way, and I, I mean for me too is like how I discovered Diamond Head. It was how I discovered the Misfits. It was how oh, no, same, yeah. like it, it, those covers were a gateway to so many different artists. Um, mm -hmm. You know, and, and I think some of them I would have discovered eventually on my own, but some of them I definitely would yeah. not have because they're so obscure. No, exactly. Like, um, what is the, uh, if, is it Free Speech for the Dumb? Uh, who yeah, sings Discharge. that again? Discharge, yeah. Discharge yeah. is an amazing punk band. See that whole album? Yeah. Like, I may have forgot the name of the, the band, but that whole album, but that punk album, is amazing. Yeah. Like, anyone who, like, Anyone like has not listened to that, but listen to Free Speech for the Dumb, listen to that whole punk album. It's absolutely amazing. Just it, it speaks about social norms and all that. It's amazing. Yeah, you know, it's you know what's really interesting too is that you know like a band like Black Sabbath. Obviously, mm -hmm. anybody listening to Metallica knows who Black Sabbath is. That yeah. it, a lot of but like the <laughs> but doing but doing um the cover of Sabracadabra is like unexpected. Oh well, yeah, and, like. So when I was a kid and I uh -huh. had and I bought Garage Inc. when it first came out, I of course knew Black Sabbath, I knew Ozzy Osbourne, yeah. I knew Paranoid, I knew Iron Man, I liked those uh -huh. songs. But I, yeah. I, I had not yet done like a Sabbath like deep dive, you know, like where yeah. I would just like devour their catalog. But when I heard uh -huh. Sabracadabra, I loved the cover so much that like a week later I went out and bought the Sabbath Bloody Sabbath album. It's and that became album my favorite black sabbath record uh, what i'll say is like um i've grew up like in black sabbath like paranoid and like the, the original album yeah and like master reality but like see the past like year i like as you said i've been doing a massive sabbath deep dive where like yeah. 
I'm not even gonna lie, like kind of Sabbath is like my favorite band of all time. Like just how out there they are, you know, like just just so out there that it's kind of mad, but it kind of makes sense. Yeah. But I will I will admit, like when I first heard the Sabbath metal cover, I was not a fan. I kind of prefer the, the Black Sabbath version. Well, sort of. well, it is very different, right? Like, yeah, were you ex- were you expecting to go into the the synth like lovely yeah, 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 yeah. Like, I hate kind of hate the synth of it, <laughs> but I'm um, obviously like I heard that song, the Metallica version, before I heard this Black Sabbath version. Right. Like, I the Black Sabbath Black Sabbath version. I don't know why. I just I I'm just don't know if I'm a sucker for Tony Iommi. <laughs> Listen, I'm I'm not going to argue with you because i will never besmirch <laughs> the mighty black sabbath because they're no of course they they're fucking sabbath so yeah <laughs> everyone should throw the fucking horns you know i mean yeah. uh the fucking uh everyone should throw the fucking black sabbath horns uh the deal horns you know yeah. uh so- i mean so after we do, they have this string of load songs, Ain't My Bitch, yeah. Hero of the Day, King Nothing. And then we go back to uh, a live standard and, 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 a, and a classic in the form of one. And, I, and can I say, I, this, you know, we're so used to hearing one at the end of the set, right? Like we get one, we get Master Puppets, we get Nothing Else Matters, we get Inter Sam, and we always get those songs at the end of the set. Now it was nice, yeah. it was nice hearing one before even the halfway point. Oh, exactly. I think they were just trying to put more of their new songs. Yeah. Up, up the front, rather than having their old songs. Like, oh, fans like a song will put like at the start, and then we'll kind of phase the new stuff in. Yeah. You know. Yeah, I mean, I mean, the, yeah, I mean, the bands, bands in general, I think usually you know stack the the second half of the show because. When mm-hmm. when you if you're not a fan of the new stuff when you go home you kind of already forgot about the new stuff that they played because you just heard hit after hit after hit after hit. Um, yeah. I think with Metallica they do that less so because people actually care about the new stuff, but yeah. they still balance it out right with like um, mm-hmm. you know all right we'll give you a couple new songs but then we'll throw in a then we'll throw in one then we'll, you'll get a new song but guess what. Then you're gonna get for whom the bell tolls, you know. So, yeah. they they definitely balance it out that way, where it's like give a little, take a little with, um, the the old school fans. I feel like definitely, man. Like I will say, like one for me has like I will like <laughs> in my notes I have I have wrote, oh my fucking god, you can hear the fucking bass. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like you can hear the bass because Jason kind of loudly plays it plays it so sure you know it's kind of it's kind of a kind of point for the for the concert <laughs> <laughs> well that is uh uh I, yeah you can definitely hear the bass line more in one in any injustice for all song that they do yeah. uh in a live setting which is it, it is nice to hear those the the bass line come through but i do like the as a bass player, I have to say I do like the production of Injustice for All. Even if it was not intentional, I feel like the mm-hmm. it, it sounds dry and just like a nihilistic and just yeah. like dreary. And it, I think it 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 unintentionally captures the the feel of that album perfectly. Um, oh, exactly. I think it was just. 
I, I agree. I, yeah, I think I it. Guess. I think in some ways it was sort of like a happy accident. Oh, exactly. I will say, like, fuck, like, for me, like, when I was like six, like, what, seventeen, eighteen to about nineteen, yeah, like, Injustice was like my Metallica album. Would listen to it nonstop. Sure. Like, I, when I was a wee guy, I, I my dad bought me like a Tarkio Metallica. Yeah. Like obviously I had like one and like a Justice. Not I don't even right. know if Justice on that, but like. The, the sort of like staple like sort of straw but when i like when i was a teenager like i started listening to like injustice and i was like it's a, it's a meaty album it's so meaty yeah. like it's just fat and yeah like almost i'm not put my hands up fade fades ends of fades ends of society is my favorite song fade ends of sanity yeah I can't, I can't say it because i'm like fucking i'm an idiot but like as as a banging song that's my favorite song. Yeah. Just that. Yeah. Which they always so, tease live and then they never actually play, right? So uh, it drives I think me nuts. They played it a couple years ago, though. Yeah, they, they, uh, I, they, well, yeah, they have played it, but it, they, they played hmm. the intro way more than they played the actual yeah. song. Especially <laughs> fucking Seattle 9 Yeah. They, they, they teased it and then they didn't fucking play it. And I was like, uh, what? That's a banging song. <laughs> it's not playing and then after one, we go really new for the time. Uh, oh, they go, yeah. We go to a song that is, you know, now a standard in the live show. It's now a Metallica classic, a big hit song, but at the time was unknown, oh, unreleased. Um, and uh, it's funny because it actually features different lyrics. I'm talking about talking about fuel. Yeah, that's why I wrote my notes. Um Few has different lyrics, but it's quite interesting to listen to. Yeah, I mean it's it's this it's weird, right? It's it's sort oh, of like, exactly. it's it's weird because it's the same song, but not as you know it. So we have instead of uh give me fuel, give me fire, give me that which I desire, ooh, turn on, I see red. Now we have after that's like, yeah. we have that's like the, Yeah, go well, ahead. Like, after that, like after that, like I, oh, uh, say red like that. That first yeah. verse, yeah. yeah, fucking terrible lyrics right now. By the way, but like <laughs> after that bit, it's like brand new lyrics. I'm like, when I was watching, I was like, eh, <laughs> what new lyrics? So we go. No the, I, I I have them pulled up here. The first verse is turn on the dynamo into the wild I go. No other place <laughs> I know. And then we have the familiar uh, turn on icy red before, but followed by yeah. war horse warhead. Throttle up for for speed ahead. Hmm. Um, see, see, the thing is, I can't pull like lyrics out of my head, but when I'm listening to a song, I can pull them out my ass. <laughs> like, you know, I know, I, I can sing them, but like when I'm when I'm like sitting, not listening to them, I can't sing them. You know, <laughs> I, what I mean? I've been there. But what I'll, what I'll say is like, fuck, like the song, the song structure was there. Like, I think the band knew the song structure. Like the whole, they want the what they wanted the song to be with guitars, bass, and drums, but they were right. figuring out lyrics. Yeah. For, well, yeah, the lyrics know. were definitely a work in progress. Still, mm-hmm. um, this was more in line with the demo version, which was called "Fuel for Fire." Um, yeah. And then they have uh, another difference too is the second verse. They have uh, "Can't fight the need for speed. I'm loose. I'm clean. I'm burning lean and mean." Ignite the open mm. trail, excite, exhale, coming on hot from hell. Yeah, hot from hell. Hell. 
So I, by oh. my opinion of these early lyrics are that they improved by the time they got to the album. This oh, okay. when, well, when you get to like can't fight the need for speed. I'm loose. I'm clean. I'm burning lean and mean. That to me is like if Dave Mustaine wrote yeah. the lyrics for Fuel. Keep fat, needful speed. I'm clean. I'm burning in me. You're just waiting for that. <laughs> I mean, but um, for like, I get what he means, like for the need for speed sort of thing. Like, it's about cars and shit. Oh, yeah, sure. But like, I, I don't know, like, I kind of like, it's again, like, from like in the EP we talked about, like, drug use kind of thing, because like, yeah, like, I mean, I don't know if anyone's fucking, anyone's fucking man took speed. Like they not they not came out and said they took speed or in. It it just kind of falls across the mind, you know. Yeah, I mean, I I think part of it too is kind of like ties in with, uh, mortar breath in the way where it's sort of like yeah. you know it it's a song literally about hot rods, but fuel is, but it's also in mortar breath in the sense where it's like talking about you know living life fast and uh it, it can be sort of a metaphor in that way for sure yeah i, I mean as we spoke about in the ep like how a lot of songs are about um you know about drug use for the allison chain singer um yeah i cannot remember his name lane staley lane staley like, I, i'm that's terrible because like allison is one of my favorite bands which, by the way, did you see the recent Alice in Chains tribute that the yes, uh, Mo popped? Yes, it was so good. What did you think uh, of the, um, the wood cover? Yeah. yeah what did you amazing. think of the wood cover? It was great, right? I mean, no, I, I, like I remember, I like I had to skip forward for the whole show until like Metallica and Alice in Chains came on. Cause I wanted to see Alice in Chains play. I can't remember what song they played. It was a couple of days ago. Yeah. But um, I remember I watched like Wood and Alice in Chains play. I was like, so Wood came first, and I was like. That's surprisingly good, but they didn't play the whole song. Yeah, I, like, I know. Oh, I know. I kind of want to listen, like I want to listen to the whole song. That was only that was like the slight disappointment. It was like it was like almost like a tease. I was like, oh no, play the yeah. full arrangement. Um, but I I thought the show as a whole was really good. I I thought all I didn't the, watch the whole show. I I thought I, I I would recommend it if you're a big Alice in Chains fan. I think there's mm. some interesting covers, some really just well done covers. A lot of great musicians on it. Um. Even, on it, I'm pretty sure, like from Slipknot and Corn uh, on it. Yeah, they were both on yeah. it. Um, even if it was like an artist I was like not crazy about or not too familiar with, I thought they all did a, a good job. It was a really fun show. So mm-hmm. I, I believe yeah. it's all still on YouTube. If you guys uh, uh, yeah. listening, check it out. Um, I highly recommend it. Definitely, at the very least, look mm-hmm. for the wood cover by Metallica. It's acoustic, yeah. and it's uh, it, it's just really well done. James Hatfield's voice sounds in yeah. great form. Uh, like the, the way he sings it is yeah. kind of pretty close to Lane, to be honest. Yeah, it like, definitely has. You can definitely hear. Uh, you you the, can the definitely soul, hear him a little from bit. It. Yeah, for yeah, sure. I was like, you can hear the soul from it, like the. Oh yeah. Teach me, so I hang. Yeah, oh, yeah. That, that sort of vibration. But I mean, I've talked about this before on the podcast. Hatfield's a very soulful singer and i'm yeah. and he doesn't get enough credit for that i don't think by uh, a lot not. of people but and like the thing is he's a big Austin chains fan he's a he's a massive Austin chains fan oh sure yeah but even even though even even though they fucking mocked them in 90 like what 91 92 <laughs> it, was, because... it was later than that with the haircuts 
No, 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 no. It was um, when they were meant to do, uh, I think it was during the Dirt album, they were Alison Chains were meant to tour with them. And uh, Lane had to pull out because obviously heroin addiction. So, oh. like, an, like, a couple concerts in, fucking James and like Jason were like fucking injecting, pretending to needles into their arm. Going, okay. I did. And, have and a I, I think Carl was this. playing fucking uh, Man in the Box. Dun, 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 and fucking James was like <laughs> stabbing that fucking needle in his arm. Yeah, like, I think that's pretty fucking have, cruel, but like I do I have get... a vague recollection of this. Story. Yeah, there's like a shitty concert, like video camera from it, like, but like, I I get like their their pals, like their friends, and I've I've seen interviews with them. Yeah, like they're they're really close friends because Jerry Cantrell is like a pretty cool dude. Oh yeah, oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, he's an awesome guy. You know what I mean? So we're nearing the end of part one of cutting stunts. Um, oh my God. After, after this brand new song, Fuel, we go into <laughs> the the bass and uh, guitar doodle, as they call it, which of course yeah. is a little slow intersection. Yeah, I mean, I this was the part though when I was in middle school, I I rewound my VHS multiple times to watch uh, <laughs> the bass. So I thought it was I I loved how uh, you know. I loved Jason Newsom coming out, sitting on the mm. stairs, and just seems like very intimate, even though it was in a big arena. And he does the yeah. My Friend of Misery intro, and My Friend of Misery is my favorite Black Album mm. track. Uh, I love that bass line. I think it's brilliant. <laughs> and so I always loved it when he worked it into his solos and just kind of mm-hmm. riffed on that. Uh, he goes into other really cool parts, and then Kirk comes out and joins him. And it, it, I... I just really always liked that the whole presentation of that. Of course, the the doodles and the solos are kind of a frequent thing, but I think this is one of the times where they've have sort of. Uh, per, I, I this is I think how they sort of have done it the best, in my opinion. I would mm, I would probably agree uh, for my friend of misery, but I would say probably the best doodle is from uh, Seattle A name from Jason. Yeah, like it's uh, a slightly different. Yeah, uh, it's not really from any song, but like it's just, it's kind of out there. There's that it, it makes it kind of better. If you get what I mean. Sure. But the I was I sat like not even long ago, like maybe two hours ago, I sat and listened to the bass and I was like, it's pretty like that. Do 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 it's been a few years since I've seen that full show. I what I do with Seattle is mm-hmm. I always go back and listen to Blackened, and then I just kind of move on. <laughs> and then I, uh, yeah. but it's been a few years since I've I, I have uh, taken in that entire show from start to finish. There's been many times when I've been like really drunk with my best friend, but it's just me and him, <laughs> and I was like, "Here, you need to listen to this song and just put on the whole show." You're like, yeah. why watching the two-hour show? I'm like, because you need to listen to this whole show. <laughs> Shut up. You need to listen to it. do what you got to do, you know? Yeah, exactly. Even, like, he's not a massive Metallica fan, but he loves, like, fucking uh, Day Never Comes. Right, yeah. And, like, we would sit and, like, talk about how Day Never Comes be, like, an amazing song. And I'd be like, you need to listen to this song? I'd be like, okay. And he'd be like, why well, watch that two-hour show? I'd be like, you need to listen to it. It's a good, it's a good show. <laughs> Just watch it. <laughs> no, that's, that's exactly me. Like, seriously. So, so it's, like, it's, yeah. it's just like, 
that's why I feel it's like um, just do it. Bang, <laughs> you know. Can't remember his name, but like, just do it. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, from the Adam Sandler movie? No, it's not Adam Sandler. It's um, Ron what's his Snyder? name? Well, it was in. I think it's in the movie Dark. Uh, well, I'll look it up with the settings. Easy settings. Just do it. Shia Booth. What is it? Shia Booth. Oh, I don't remember that. I'm too like, old for that. Why are you making he's me feel in, old he's, again? He's in a green screen and he's just like, just do it. <laughs> Make know. your dreams come true. I don't know if I ever <laughs> You don't know that meme. It's not I, a lot. It's not. Too no, fair. It's like no. too fair. It's like an old. It's old for a meme. Yeah. Like uh, maybe like 2014, 2015. All right. I'll, I'll look it up. I'll look it up. Yeah, it's good. It's good. It's good. Sit <laughs> there in front of green screen. Just do it. They <laughs> <laughs> can put it to any context. I'm looking it up right now. Oh, I have seen this. <laughs> yeah. Just seen this. Do it. Yes, I have seen this. I completely forgot about this. I would have never thought of that again in my life if not for you, Connor. So I yes, guess thank you. God. I guess mean, thank you. Mean God. <laughs> my dad's going to listen and be like, what the fuck is he on about? <laughs> First he has an accent, and now he's talking about Shia LaBeouf. What the Shia fuck? <laughs> I mean, have you any seen the movie Dark? Is it not Disney movie? Disney? Disney movie? No. Disney movie. Fuck now, Connor. A Disney movie? No. Yeah, I'm pretty sure like, it's a Disney movie called Dart and Shia Booth is in it. I, I totally believe you. I just have never seen it. I mean, it's, I mean I've not watched it in years, but I'm pretty sure it's a pretty good movie. I know he was a <laughs> Disney star back in the day, so. Yeah, he, like, he was, like, bear in mind, he was, like, young back in the day, yeah. like, when he was a Disney star. So, like, like I'm pretty sure it was, a, a, like, as I remember right, it's a pretty good movie. All right, like, Kids had to dig dart and shit, so. Well, the more you know. I mean, yeah, I mean, we're fucking tangenting from Metallica. We're talking about fucking Shia Booth now. <laughs> Fire so up the Disney tangent. Plus. We tangent. We tangent. We, we tangent. So. <laughs> well, we only got one more song to get to in part one because we're going to do part two next time and work our way through the rest of the set list, which has a lot of real gems. And, uh, and obviously, uh, the next part's where we're going to get into the the title of the show of uh, cunning mm-hmm. stunts. Uh, yeah. But we're ending here with um, I don't know if you've ever heard of this song before. Nothing else matters. I mean, it's kind of an unknown song. I've only heard the bootlegs version of it. Yeah, it's pretty obscure. Um, they've only played it like probably. I think this is like only the the fifth and last time that they've ever performed it live. Yeah. yeah. I mean, like. I can either take it or leave it, to be honest. It's like, acoustic guitar, I'm like, nah, go on thrash. Get, <laughs> get, get your salmon on. I mean... Just play So pish. What again. <laughs> no, get it on. So, get it on. I, I like this version of Nothing Else Matters because it brings me... Yeah. I like this version because it brings me back to... Um, again, that first time I saw Metallica live because they were still kind of sticking to a lot of the same... Uh, tricks, so to speak. Uh, they were kind of still following the same script, just with uh, some new songs mixed in. But um, yeah. the the bass guitar doodle leads directly into this, and you have James Hetfield sitting on the stool 
playing mm-hmm. his guitar, singing the classic that is Nothing Else Matters. And then yeah. my favorite moment. And I, and and I will and I will freely admit that when I was in middle school, I probably acted this out of my bedroom when this song was playing. Yes, <laughs> you just kick the chair off from underneath as he goes, yeah, and then launches into that you know arena ready solo that is now iconic and famous. But yeah, I I, I did again similar to one. I liked that this was at the yeah. midway point and wasn't. Uh, it, you know, which means that we have a the end of this show is a lot more interesting, I think, than what we get at the end of a lot of Metallica shows in twenty twenty. If I'm being quite honest, where is the end of the show? I've got the cunning stunts here on the Wikipedia page. What is the end of the show actually? Oh, really? It's more breath. What the fuck? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So that'll just be a little preview and tease if you're yeah. not familiar with cunning stunts. Or you can just Google it and find out. And uh, I mean, I've not rolled the notes here. I, I was midway through waiting for the notes until fucking Metallica podcast. I'm like, you ready to go? And I'm like, I'm like an hour and twenty minutes in. Can you wait. But you know what? You know what, Connor? We did over an hour, and, and, and we talked about we talked about everything from cunning stunts to the load reload era to to injustice for all to uh, I'm a scream. Primal Scream to Shinella <laughs> Boof. So, oh, and Black Sabbath. And Black Sabbath, right? But the thing is, the thing is, I could I could probably talk about our tours though, right? Yeah. Like, well, we'll see. Like, nothing else matters. Like, I guess it's a like from that from that set. It's a good break from the whole thrash and heavy sure, metal yeah. hard rock thing. So, like from even the doodle, like the bass and guitar doodle, it's like a good six to ten minute break. Yeah, for the fans to just like relax and be like, right, we can just listen to like sort of a essential thing. Yeah, you know. And and on the flip side too, when we get into part two, you're, you're gonna see what I would consider like a gradual increase back into heaviness, and then we definitely yeah. get into a lot more, uh, maybe not obvious stuff, but old school mm-hmm. stuff. And so the part two is gonna be a lot of fun to talk about. When we sit yeah. down and do that, um, tell everybody before we wrap up. Tell everybody where they can find you on social media, and uh, so everybody can look up and give Connor a follow. Uh, the only social media I would like to kind of promote is my Twitter. It's at sure. my under, my underscore grand. It's a capital M A underscore and grand. You know. Yep. Uh, and uh, there will be a link in the episode description. So just click on the link, give Connor a follow, you know, cause we're all part of the Metallica Asphalt Show. Huge thank you to Connor for coming on Metallicast. This was a really fun episode to do. I had a great time revisiting Cunning Sense. But of course, we are not done yet. 
part two should be coming at you next Monday if all goes as planned. So stay tuned for that. Make sure you follow Connor on social media at MA underscore Grand, G-R-A-N. And I'll be sure to include the link in the episode description. So it'll just be a click away if you want to follow a fellow member of the Metallica Ash Monday Show. Also, yes, I am aware I made a mistake. Guilty as charged. The video and live ship engine purge from the Black Elm Tour is from San Diego, 1992. Mexico City, 1993 is the CD that is included in the box set. I am well aware of my mistake and failure as a fan. So no need to correct me. But if you want to correct me anyways, you can do so on social media at MetallicastPod on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. If you're new to the show, make sure you subscribe, download, and if you can leave a positive five-star review on Apple Podcasts, that goes a long way to helping the podcast continue to grow, and I would be... Well, forever in your debt. Until next time, ladies and gentlemen, middle up your ass. Yeah! Fans, not experts.